Welcome to Trial by Wine. We take a closer look at crimes that highlight how fascinating humans can be. Schmitty, Swanee and Clarky visit crimes and run them through their jury of three, debating both sides of the case to agree an appropriate, if totally fictitious, sentence. Please be advised, Trial by Wine may include explicit or disturbing content and will include drunken rambling. Listener discretion is advised. All right, how are we? I'm wonderful. And you guys? <laughs> I feel like I'm pinging a little bit. I've had one of those days at work where it's been absolutely nonstop and I haven't had the chance to come down yet. So hopefully it's hilarious for everyone, not really <laughs> annoying, but let's see what happens. Mm, okay, cool. And mm. Swanee, you're wonderful. I am. I feel like I may have traded some energy with Clarkie because as of today, all three of my kids are back at school after school holidays. So it's like a... <laughs> I'm such a shit mum. It's like the cloud has been lifted. I've gone and exercised. I've done some groceries. I've spoken to some friends. I've now trial by whining. And uh, yes, the sun is shining and I'm looking ahead at eight weeks, only eight weeks of term time <laughs> where I think I best make the most of it because oh, school holidays are both the best of times and the worst of times, frankly. Mm. What about you, Schmidty? What are you up to? Oh, I've just been... Terribly domestic the last few days. Um, so yeah. food prepping and hydra, did a little bit of hydrotherapy today. It was uh, not a class, but mum and I went up to the pool mm-hmm. and had a little uh, bit of hydrotherapy. And then I have to now realise if I go with mum, I have to add an hour and a half um, to my time <laughs> allowances because she just Too takes much. forever to get there. <laughs> and oh, Anyway, she was in the, she, she goes into the disabled toilets to get changed and whatever, that's all fine. She is disabled. But I, I started to think, oh, God, she's fallen over or something, and I'm banging on the door and all these primary school kids have come in, so I couldn't hear anything. I'm yelling out, Mummy, you all right, Mum? And she's on the other side going, I'm fine, go away. 20 minutes later, I'm like, I thought something happened. She goes, no, that's just how long it takes me. I was like, right, okay. Um, what is anyway, she doing in there? Well, she, she gets changed. Don't go into I, too much detail. It might scare our <laughs> listeners. I but I don't know if she goes to the toilet, but she's certainly getting changed. But because she's 84 and has, you know. She's uh, no spring chicken. And, and everything. Nearly no, 50 and getting not. in and out of my bathers is hard enough. Oh, I'm here enough. I'm saying, I'm well, I'm truly know, on my way. 20 minutes, can get, we? I was trying <laughs> to get my pants on before the primary school kids came in. and I, you Bit know, of pressure there. Well, I'm, Can't I'm we rig that. up a bungee jump or something to help people get into their swimmers? Like, you know. she was, no, she's getting out of them. But, yeah, no, it's it's. it's got to be you something. What, I was going Don't you remember fast. what it's like when you take your wet bathers off when you're at school yeah, and you've got to get dry clothes on and you're, you know, you're in a bit of a hurry and it doesn't really work and, you know, exactly you're feeling stressed because your bits and pieces are out and you're like, oh. That was me. That was me today. And I was yeah. more stressed because <laughs> these sort of six-year-olds were coming in yeah. and – I tell you what, I don't know if I had the same judgy, judgy faces when I was a six-year-old, but these kids come in and I'm desperately trying to pull my you would have had a cracking, judgy, judgy face. <laughs> Maybe you should have put your clothes on, shitty. Oh, but the thing was, I was doing the girl raised in an all-girls Catholic school where I was completely covered in my towel. They didn't see yes. anything, right? But yeah. because I didn't, because I can't bend down properly, I couldn't dry my legs properly, so my tracksuit pants were sticking to my legs and I'm trying oh, to, yeah. do, I'm I'm trying to pull them up without flashing any of my bits to these kids I didn't even need to you should have seen the look on their faces they were oh. like they were looking at me as if to say who are you and how dare you be in our change room and I'm yes. like far out man 
this kid comes up and then she stood in front of me and there's another kid and I'm not really paying attention and I hear her go, no, will you just stop trying to organise my life? And I'm like, what the hell? And she's having a barney with this other girl who's who's decided to hang the bag up on these pegs that are up a bit high. She's very upset by that. And I watched them later while I was waiting the 20 minutes for mum to come out. Um, I watched this girl come out and she had a cute little pair of bathers on, but she had a full bathing cap on and she was walking on her tippy toes. And I thought, honestly, what has the world become? It was so bizarre. Wrong sport. Maybe she thought she was at ballet. Well, she was she walking was as if to say, I don't want, she, you would have thought she was cute. I thought she was yeah. repulsive. I think she's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> 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 oh, you're ridiculous. You're just ridiculous. Yeah, you grow up. Liked it. I didn't. Yeah, grow up. For God's sake, just grow up. Three but different whole, views on the poor little girl. You just put your feet down and walk properly. What's all that about? Anyway. It just goes to show there's no pleasing some people because we literally could have walked past her a minute apart. Carla would have gone, you're cute. You would have gone, would have. you're compulsive, and I would have gone, you're repulsive, ridiculous. Not compulsive. No, sorry, compulsive. Yeah, yeah. Repulsive, repulsive. Oh, I thought you but, said um, compulsive. No, oh, repulsive. repulsive. Oh, oh, yeah, right. Me. But I, I think all of my judgment was all clouded by the fact that I felt that she judged me already before I had the chance. Oh, right. So oh, that's all it takes like to set me off. Don't worry about judging. that. That triggers, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I've been yeah. triggered by a six-year-old. Do you think you can exactly. judge? Watch this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, show you, I'll show you who's boss. Yeah. Little miss. Exactly, I've got, exactly. I've got 44 years of judging on you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what are we drinking? Oh. Glad you asked. We're having a little Fruilano from Feathertop. Um, mm, what is that? Yes. Not, the, not the Feathertop. What is a Fruilano? Oh, I haven't even a, heard the word oh, before. It's an what? Italian varietal. Yeah, an Italian varietal. Oh. It's, it's a little white. One. Hang on, I'll read you the spiel if I can find it. Uh, a handful of producers of Fruilano in Australia. Flavours of ripe pears, lemon zest, roasted almonds and dried herbs. The powerful and mouth-filling palate has a phenolic structure that screams, drink me with food, preferably some rustic Italian fare. Well, I like a good phenolic Jeez. structure, whatever the fuck that is. It's phenolic. <laughs> I think Cher's got a good phenolic uh, structure. She has. Did you see that picture I sent through when she? Yes. Tell, she uh, doesn't even look real. It's unbelievable. She hasn't aged in the last what twenty years. She mm. just looks exactly the same. Whatever work they did then was future proofing her. For I sure. wonder what happens when she's naked. Whether it like all just looks. Oh, stop! Ridiculous. Now I'm judging again. Right. <laughs> um, and Swanee, what are you drinking? It'll come as a huge surprise. I'm having a Coca Cola, no sugar. Are you the doing question a drive I have or is, something today? Yeah, yeah, I've got to pick up someone from uh, school sport. Right. right, right, right. But I've got a question for you. Without telling us what you're drinking, show us what you're drinking because I was just trying to guess judging by the colour of it. Pick it up. I was just looking. My... Yes, you try by one glass. Yeah. Do you um... reckon it's, oh, maybe it is wine. I reckon I'm it's a rosé, oh. no? Is it? I was it's a say mango. Cruiser. It's one of those mango It's a mango chutney cruises. Now, no, it's not. What, what is it? Viewers, it's viewers, listeners. Oh, it's oh, damson gin. Damson gin. Uh, yeah, oh. it's my damson and cherry, this one. I um, look, I thought it looked a bit, I couldn't quite tell the colour. It didn't look like a cruise. It didn't look as artificial as that. <laughs> yeah, but it no. didn't look light enough no, for no. wine. Ah, it's your damson gin. But anyway, it's delicious. So there you go. So that is what Do I'm Do you drinking. drink that with tonic? This is with tonic. I usually it drink is, yeah. it with soda, but I had some uh, diet tonic. Oh, so, right. yes, I'm 
So, yes, you preempted what I'm drinking. And, yes, I am drinking it in my trial by wine. And Tony is drinking a Pinot Grigio. I don't know if you can see this, but I think this is really cute. Little stars on the bottle. So this is at Notte Rosa. Oh, yes, at that angle I can. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah from yeah. Puglia in uh, oh, yeah. Italy. I'd like to go there, yes. And yeah. um, I just really like the bottle, to be honest. So there you go. That, and that came from Dan Murphy's. And how's the wine in the bottle? That's danmurphys.com. Did they spend all the money on the bottle and not enough on the wine, or did they get the balance right? This is a monthly thing I signed up for that has generally been very disappointing. And this one is a mild exception. It's not bad, right? But, but I've stopped. I've stopped the monthly thing because it's yeah. been very ordinary. They, that they, is so funny, Tony. My husband has a friend who joined up, and I don't know if it was Dan Murphy's, but he's joined like a wine club or something like that. And every time they come over for dinner, he brings something, and Jeremy goes, "Oh, Jesus! If he brings another one of those things, I have to pretend I like." He said, "I'm sure he's just offloading it." He goes, "It's the yeah. worst bloody wine." Yeah, so I, I did naked spend wines more and know once. what I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. This is like Hitting a reverse miss. promo. I did naked wines once, and <laughs> I reckon, pro- yeah, hit and miss. Some of it was great, yeah. and some of it was yeah. just cooking wine. So that's the problem with the mixed dozen that you have, yeah. of brands you don't yeah. know. Yeah. So I t- yeah. I do tend to buy stuff I've tried and I like, and I stick mm. with it a bit. All right, so who are we? I'm Schmitty. I'm Swatty. And I'm Clarky. And together we are... Trial, Trial by, by Wine. Wine. <laughs> oh, that wasn't our most sedate one yet. Well done. Oh, my God. Okay, so I have a story for us. You ready? Fab. You have. Yes. Now, I've got to, firstly, I'm going to start this with a nice rhetorical question. Uh, well, it's not rhetorical. Does rhetorical mean I don't want you to answer it? It means it's self-answering. Well, yeah. self-answering. No. Okay, yeah. I'll start that again. So um, <laughs> I've got a little question for you. <laughs> no particular <laughs> That time. I don't want you to answer. <laughs> just a very <laughs> general question. Yeah. Happy for you to answer. Just a general question. Do either of you ever dream about winning the lottery? No. No. Oh my god! Does I that do. mean have we had a dream, or have we ever like sort of? No, no, fantasize. Not, oh, not oh yeah, about it. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I like I always. Oh, yeah, I, guess so. I thought. Yeah. I thought rhetorical question was a problem. Turns out dream was a problem. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, that's right. De- definition of dream. Yeah. I, I I feel like I haven't woken up in a cold sweat because I've won the lottery, but I wouldn't mind it. I I definitely fantasize about what I'd do if I did, and I've already worked out how I'd spend some of it. And how Lots I'd of people in, have that. Yep, with how I yep. live. Um, and my to the point where I've kind of worked out too, yeah. how much I need to be able yes. to do everything yeah. and never have yeah. to work again. Does yeah. it involve a hitman? No, 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 oh. no. No, no, if I'm that rich, I can just move away from people I dislike. Do you yeah, want right. to give us a number? Well, if I want to be super rich, I do think something like 15 to 20 million would do it because, you know, I've got, I think about people who I would like to help like yep. family and that, and then I think, oh, you know, and then there's like eight, you know, there's ten nieces and nephews, and then there's, oh, Jesus, it's, it adds up pretty quick after a while. Mm. And if you want to be fair, you know, so yeah. then you think, well, yeah. I'm going to need at least, you know, maybe five million to separate, you know, for the family. And and then, of course, there's, I don't ever want to work again, but I want to be able to do something with it. So start a business or something that I actually like to do or whatever, so I need some money to put into that. And then, of course, I need to pay all my friends to come and work in that business with me. <laughs> you know, they won't do it for nothing. So I've got to salary all of those people. 
and I'd like it to be that it doesn't matter if whatever our business is works or not. So therefore, I need more money to make sure that we oh. don't actually have to make a profit. So you see, it gets more, it gets bigger Can and I bigger. Offer but you we're a all going to have mate. so much fun. Yeah, go on. Can your business make money, but the friends that you're paying lots of money to do work in that business don't have to work? So then, yeah, yeah, you could. We do can both. all just faff yeah. around drinking wine, absolutely fabulous style. <laughs> exactly what I was. All to get say. paid, and it could go on for a long time. Yeah, yeah. But there's yeah, okay. there's other people who are making the money for you. Yeah, but not the friends okay. that you're paying. You're a demon right, monsoon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a great idea. Because then I could pick you up in a Ferrari, <laughs> and we could have champagne in the Ferrari that somebody else is driving. Because there's no way obviously we're driving yeah. it that day. Yeah. And we all just go and get smashed and get paid for it. Basically, you've nailed the fantasy that I have because the other thing (laughs) I don't want to do is nothing, right? Because I think that would be terrible, just doing absolutely nothing. And if all your friends, that's my whole thing about having to hire all the friends just to get smashed and have fun, is that if they're all at work, like as I have discovered for the last 10 weeks, when everyone else is at work and you're not, you're a little sad person on your own, even if you're mega rich, right? But as it turns out, when I do win the lottery, which I have done in the past, it's generally around $17, which doesn't <laughs> usually even pay for another ticket. So yeah, all of this really Also known as losing the lottery. Well, no, it's a win, but it's not. Like it's like you get well, the they, responses. They say, make you think it's a win, <laughs> yeah. but you've spent 20 bucks and won 17 Yeah, 28 to get 17 normally, yes, yes. My calculator You're says right. that's a loss. It's like when I win on a bid on eBay back in the old days. It's exactly that. Win on Grey's Online when, yes. in point of fact, I just bought something. That's correct. <laughs> Agreed. Yes. So, hypothetically, if you were to win a huge sum of money on the lottery, would you tell anyone? Carla's saying no. No. Not at first. I, I would say no, not de- not deliberately. <laughs> I mean, I would tell our family. I would totally tell people. The, the benefactors of that money, I would obviously yeah. know, but no, I wouldn't tell anybody. And tell mm. them to keep it our chest too. Yeah. I, well, I feel like I would tell them, but in not, well, possibly obvious ways, but maybe confusing ways, like when I came, so when to I went to work in your Ferrari and I pick you up in a Ferrari <laughs> and we go out and get trashed, drinking and you champagne. Schmitty, I've got a great job for you. I think you should apply. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and then you'll say, what? Did you win the lottery? And I'll go, no, well, I just started a company. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not telling anyone that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough. Look, I wouldn't tell anyone anyway, I don't think. And I think you'll agree that by the end of this, end story, of this story, no one would should tell anyone. So Uh oh. Yeah. To start with, my sources. I start with Stephanie Harlow. I've mentioned her before. She had done the most ridiculously in-depth three episode series on this story on YouTube. I highly recommend her to true crime enthusiasts. Her YouTube channel is Stephanie Harlow with an E at the end. And also, if you're not interested in crime, she also reviews beauty products. So there is that. Uh, yeah. She's got skills. She has many skills. Uh, also, multiplying. Wikipedia. Oxygen.com and the Tampa Bay News. And I also, not wanting to give it all away, watched a Channel 4 program called Motivated to Murder for Money. Oh, the mouthful. And that concludes my story. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) as well as uh, American Greed episode about this story from CNN. So Abraham Shakespeare was born in 1966 in Florida. As a young man, 1966. So someone was being creative with that name. It wasn't like he's an old person. 
Yeah. <laughs> just trying, Abraham and Shakespeare together were seen to be an odd combo. Well, anyway. Yep. It's a big name. Yeah, it's a, it is a big I mean? name. It is a big name, yes. Uh, as a young man, Abraham wasn't academic, so unlike his impressive name, being Abraham Shakespeare, uh, <laughs> he wasn't, and he dropped out no. of school and it left him pretty much illiterate. After doing some time in juvie for theft in his late teens, he went to live with his father in Lakeland, Florida. We love a good Florida story. Mm-hmm. Abraham wasn't the kind of person who held down work for long periods of time, but he did casual labour work, sometimes sweeping hair at the local barber shop. Whilst he didn't do particularly well at work, in as much as he didn't hold down jobs for ages, he was yep. very well liked and considered to be a big-hearted and generous person and was known by some of his friends as Shaky Boy because of his last name. In 2006, Abraham was working with his friend Mike Ford, delivering meat for a local food distributor. On the way to delivering some meat, meat. he oh, and Mike is delivering some meat trucks. I deliver meat. <laughs> meat Mike, in my truck. That's it. <laughs> he and Mike stopped at a convenience store for some durries, and Abraham, who only had five bucks on him, asked Mike to get him two quick picks which were $2 lottery tickets. Mike returned with the tickets and Abraham gave him $2 for the tickets. And I'm not clear on why he asked for $4 worth of lottery tickets and only gave him two. He only had $5 on him. Literally at the time, he only had $5 to his name. Is this, some, is this a maths problem? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It, it, what speed is, were they travelling? If I go to, yeah, that's 60 right. miles per hour. If I go into a convenience store with $5 and I buy some durries, how many lotto tickets can I buy with what's None. remaining? None these days. And, None. and who do Packet I have to Darry's kill? Darry's $60. Well, that's what I was thinking. when <laughs> That was the first thing. And then they bought other stuff. I'm like, what? I suspect Mike was buying the darts because uh, Abraham only had five bucks to his gotcha. and he wanted the lottery tickets. Anyway, that night, Abraham won $31 million on the lottery. Offer. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's why it does matter pick. about the two the two quick picks and should we how do the conversion? Two bucks for four dollars worth of lottery tickets. That, yeah, that does yeah. matter. Yeah, 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 yeah. So hang on. So one of them's paid for half of them. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's not really that material, but it but it was. Just well, no, it is because if you win thirty one million dollars go and you've gone halves in it. To convert it to Australian dollars today, it's 49. So let's say $50 million is what he won in Australian dollars. But the thing mm. is that the losing lottery ticket obviously belonged to Mike Ford. <laughs> well, that's, right. that's, so that's part that's of the, the transaction. The did, they, yeah, did they buy one each? No, no. So according to Abraham, he asked for two. He didn't. I don't, again, as I said, I don't quite know why he didn't give him all the money, but he didn't. Just as an interesting fact, you know, going back to my thing about whether or not you tell anyone, uh, you know how we, we've just talked about that in Florida at the time and in other states in America, they can't opt out of telling people that they've won yeah. the lottery. It's actually part of the marketing of the lottery. So even if he had wanted to, uh, it would have been public knowledge that he'd won this money. Right. Now he's, he said at the time that he wouldn't change his own life very much. He'd still pick pennies up off the street, spend some time with his family and not sm- spend more than $7 at Denny's for dinner. So he really wasn't planning to live particularly differently to how he already was. Now, he took the lump sum option, which after tax 
and he had actually ha- uh, had to do some back payment for child support that he hadn't paid. He cleared just under $17 million and said, now I don't have to struggle no more. So that's that's good, isn't that's it? That's either a lot of back payment or a lot of tax. That's bad A lot of grammar. tax. I think it's something like nearly 40% tax for mm. the lottery. And I thought in Australia that the lottery is tax-free. Am I wrong? Oh. I think I don't know, but I, sometimes I think they say things are. You'll they'll specifically say it is, but yeah, I, mean, I don't. I don't, I don't play it or do it, so I don't know. Depending on how you win it, I guess. You know. I would have gone. Yes, it is, but now I'm going to have to Google it. But I think because mm. in America, one of the ways around paying all the tax is to take a lifetime payment. That's right. You, get... you didn't take the annuity. That's right. So yeah. you can take. You know, there even there are some lottery tickets here that do the same thing, where it says win a hundred thousand dollars. A year for life. Yeah. Like your month, the, your they yearly payday. You yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. What happens when you die, Schmitty? Do they have to pay your family out or that's the end of it? Do you I know what I mean? If, like, yeah, if I you, do. I know what you mean, but no. I think if it's win $100,000 for life and you die, then, then, you, then that's you're the end dead. When you yeah. Die. Yeah, yeah. But if it's you won $31 million. $31 million and they're going to say to It you should be your estate, it. arguably. It should go to yeah. your estate. But, again, not an expert in any of this stuff. Just so found it slightly just, interesting. Yeah. Just coming go back on. to the Australian thing, uh, lottery yeah. winnings are classified as tax-free income. However, once your prize is in a bank account, any interest earned on your prize yeah, is Yeah, interest earned on tax. it. That's so, right, yeah, yeah, which is, is fine. Does that mean that the government wins the lotto every week? In America? Well, what I heard is the lottery was actually created to make money for different states, right? So because yep. of this tax, so everyone buys a ticket. So you imagine, you know. Do you have that in Victoria? Well, what, no, because it's tax-free. We have lotto. No, like because in mean? WA they absolutely do where they talk about, you know, the WA uh, uh, West Lottery or what's it called? Lottery oh. West, I can't remember. And it pays for so many things. Like yeah. I'm forever at buildings, at cub house, calls, you know, whatever else, and it's paid for or paid partly by Lottery West. Lottery West. Uh, yeah, I reckon the government here probably takes money off before the prize mm. and that is used That's to what I was going to say. Things. So yeah, That's right, yeah. So and that was the absolute, the National Lottery in the UK, definitely, Carla, was the case. National Lottery funds a lot yes. of arts programs. And yes, things. similar thing, yeah. So I think the, you sell the lottery ticket and say you make $10 yeah. on a lottery ticket and yeah. you're right, Clarkie, it might be a percentage of that has to go into you know, funding projects or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how it, it's making money for the state. And yep. then, but in the in the Amer- in the case of the American one, the the way I heard it, and I could get it could get this wrong, was that if a million people buy ten dollars worth of tickets, so I've got ten million dollars. The prize pool might be ten million dollars, but that tax that got taken off it is is kind of the the winnings, if you like, for the state. So if he was taxed at I don't know twenty five percent, then Whatever twenty five percent of ten million dollars is, um, my maths is great tonight. Is what the state million. would keep. Thank you. The state would keep that, and then the person would win the rest. So it is different because, in yes, it's tax free for us. In January two thousand and seven, uh, Abraham set up an LLC, which is a business, creating a company uh, to set up business ventures to create real estate and affordable housing, as well as uh, an A not for profit to help people in need. Because he was a genuinely good man. On the January the 18th, he bought a house for $1 million, which was a beautiful home, but it turned out that it was estimated to be valued at $600,000 and the real estate agent inflated the property price. 
He hadn't had it privately appraised and after the fact he sued her once he found out that he was paying nearly twice what it was worth as clearly the agent figured she could take advantage of him and his good fortune to make more bucks. Could have done a bit of due diligence up front there, Abraham. I feel like I mean, you're an idiot. Well, I th- well, okay, you know the old victim shaming. Let's let's be oh, careful. Here we go. Uh, uh-huh. but yeah, fair enough. No, no hang on. he's he's trying to the sue someone. The real estate someone. agent sounds like a piece of work. Don't get me wrong. The real estate agent sounds like a real estate agent. I, <laughs> well, I to be honest. <laughs> to be honest, he probably had a lawyer come and say we should sue her. Yeah, and also get yeah. more money. That'll out. cost you and then, half a million, and you'll get. Three hundred thousand. Yeah. So his other purchases, and these are just the purchases for himself, was a Nissan Cube. <gasps> <gasps> no, <laughs> he did not. <laughs> no, he didn't. Oh. No, it was Good. an Ultima. A no, Nissan lovely. Ultima. Fell for that one, hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> no, it was a Nissan Ultima. But the minute no. I heard Nissan, I thought I've got to put Cube in there. Oh, yeah, well played. And a Rolex watch from a pawn shop, but that was about it in terms of what he bought for himself. So he didn't even buy the Rolex. You know, he had $17 million. He could have bought a brand-new Rolex, but he went for a second-hand one. So Shakespeare's mate, Michael Ford, who we spoke about before, decided to sue for the money, saying that the tickets were his and Abraham had stolen them. That was, you know, Incorrect. Probably, uh Well, you know, but we could have seen that coming. Now, yeah, but if he, Ford, but if he had have sued because he paid half of it, so they're equal investors. That's the weird thing. Yes, that's right. That's the bit I found odd about it. I heard, I read somewhere that Michael Ford demanded a million dollars off him, and then I read that that he actually tried to sue for the winnings. But either way, sucks to be him. When he did take it to court, the case didn't stick. The judge was like, yeah, what a lot of bullshit. Because Mike had gone around telling people, oh, I bought the tickets, isn't that great? I bought him the ticket that won before he realised it was worth a lot of money and he could carry on about it. From the moment he picked the winnings up, he was being hit up for money from for people. Old oh. Abraham, strangely. People he knew and people he didn't know were coming out of the woodwork, asking for help with all sorts of things, including home loans, Funerals, apparently he paid for five funerals, school tuition, car loans, medical bills, basically anything people said they needed help with. Even on the way to picking up the cheque, you know, so he's on the way to do the photo op and get the money, the friend travelling there with him tried to get him to give her father, uh, I think it was one or two million dollars, and they hadn't even got the money yet and he was this woman was already, already telling him. She, yeah, He gave people money as well as giving two large loans for homes to two guys who had helped him out prior to him having all this cash. He lent money to a man called Poppy, who was a store owner that he did some odd jobs for and who'd paid him to do some odd jobs before he became a millionaire, and Greg, the barbershop owner. Now, Greg didn't really want to borrow the money from him, knowing that everyone else was hitting Shakespeare up. And the story goes that Shakespeare came into the store, the barbershop, and he had all the loan papers out and he was trying to work out. this. What he was doing was his mother's house, his mortgage was in arrears. Or so. he, he had to remortgage his mother's house basically so that she didn't Greg's or it. Abraham's? Greg, Greg. Greg's, yeah. And so he was working out how to manage all of that because he didn't, you want the mum to lose her house. And Abraham mm-hmm. saw it and said, what you doing? And he told him and and oh. he said, I'll just give you the money for it. And he's like, no, I don't want that. So 
Abraham. Oh no, you away. don't have to do it. It was just a coincidence. You walked in when I had all the papers out. No, I, I do how, think. Oh, I do dear actually, me. Oh, no, no, no. Oh As this story plays I'm out, joking. you'll find that Greg's quite genuine. Yeah, I'm. I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah I got yeah. that impression. You look like you'd made an effort to suggest that Greg was. Greg's a good okay. guy. Yeah. Greg's a good guy. Yeah, but Abraham went off and got a, a, you know, what do you call a banker's check or something and came back yeah. and said, here you go. And Greg said, I'll tell you what, okay, fine, I'll take it, but it's a loan. And the actual repayment, if he was paying it as a standard loan, would have been $500 a month. Greg immediately paid him $3,000 a month as he was All repaying right. this loan. So uh-huh. he, he, the last thing he wanted Shakespeare to, uh, sorry, Abraham to um, to feel was ripped off in any way. Yep. Was it an interest-free loan? I don't think so. I think it was through that LLC I mentioned before uh, where he actually had people managing these loans. So it wasn't just right. him walking around and handing cash to people. It yep. was through that company that he'd set up. But Is this the one we're going to set up when you win, Lotto? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sweet as. Can we give it a name? I think so. Can we call it um, F and C loans, <laughs> which which doesn't stand for what you think it might? It stands for Ferraris and champagne. Mm, I like it. Yeah, I yeah. was I was refer to F and C as being fat and carbs, but yeah, I do like I, it. I'm, sure. I've, also, I've also heard of it used in another context, which is far ruder. Yeah. But I, I wasn't going possibly. there. No, F and, no. F and C loans. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. It's different, unusual. I like it. Poor old Abraham, though, he was not happy. He had sycophants all hanging off him and whilst he had a girlfriend at the time who was pregnant, he did cheat on her and she was pissed off with him and I think they broke up around the time of the birth of their child. So everywhere he went, people were hitting him up for money. He increasingly felt lonely. Like the phone's ringing off the hook all the time. People have got his number. They're just constantly, hey, that's really good that you won the money. Now can I have some? And he got to a point where he just felt like, People only spoke to him because they wanted him to give them money or to invest in their ventures, you know. So he. Do you think that's normal or is that unusual situation? I think it's very normal for people who win the lottery and everyone knows who they are. And I think the anonymity question is a is a really important one about whether people should have the right to remain. Yeah, I was was just wondering whether he was surrounded by people who were particularly comfortable asking him for money that other people may not experience or whether this is just what people become once they realise one of their friends has won the lotto? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. His own mother, though, didn't want a bar of any of it. She said the money was from the devil. So Ooh. not everyone was trying to take money from him She's for a, sure. Don't worry about her then. <laughs> No, no, more no. people didn't think that. I think he did buy, try to buy her a house and she's like, I don't want it. So Did he tell yeah, her that I... the money was from the Lotto Corporation, not from the devil? <laughs> well, the, the devil works in mysterious ways. Or is the lottery company the devil in disguise, Correct. to quote uh, Elvis? Yeah, it's funny you should say that. No, I'm not. I, I, um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's another answer you want to give, but you're just not going to give it. Allow me to introduce the devil in this story. All right. Enter stage left, Doris Moore, who called herself Dee Dee. Doris? And it's Doris Moore, yeah. So is that a name? It is. It's spelled D-O-R-I-C-E. You could call her Doris, I suppose. No, I think you're right, I Doris. Heard- it is Doris, but I heard someone, I think Stephanie Harlow kept calling her Do Rice because she doesn't I was going like to say, her. that's exactly what I was going to say. It could be Do Rice. Do you Do Rice? <laughs> yeah, right. And now she called herself Dee Dee. Oh, that's the second Dee Dee we've done. Yes. And all the Dee Dees that we've done have turned out to be monsters. 
Oh, gosh. They should be customers of FNC loans. <laughs> Dee Dee was born on the July 25th, 1973. She was raised in a normal and happy household, but they didn't have a lot of money and Dee Dee wasn't really keen on that. And her parents recalled <laughs> that she'd make them drop her off at, for school down the road so no one saw their car because she was worried about how that looked. She wasn't unhappy that she came from a normal and happy home. She was unhappy no. that she came from a Wasn't poor rich. Home. Yeah. Yeah, right. They weren't Jesus. really, I wouldn't say they were poor. They weren't dirt poor. They just of, weren't rich. You think about some of the upbringings that people that we've spoken about have had, and I feel like coming from a normal and happy home, she should be bloody happy with. She's no, she's no Sylvia Likens, is she? No, absolutely not. But then I suppose she didn't have any point of reference to compare it with. She just, unless of course she looked around, saw kids who were rich, came from richer families. I mean, when I was growing up, there were those people who used to live in Leslie Road in Essendon, and we were always jealous of anyone who lived in Leslie Road because Leslie Road was where all the millionaires lived. When you think about where you've all been to my family home, like literally. Most people would have thought that we were much more well-off than we actually were. We, how's this for an irony? My mum and dad were able to buy the house that we live in because my grandparents won the lottery. And so they were able to help with the deposit um, for the mortgage. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? Now, Dee Dee graduated as a nursing assistant and she was very good at her job. She married her high school sweetheart, James, Daryl Moore. Daryl! And they lived in a trailer. <laughs> I love that you just couldn't couldn't help that. Couldn't help it. Can't it's help so it. good. Daryl. And they lived in a trailer, which they had got a mortgage to pay for, and that that was on James's prop, parents' property. So they okay, I'm have... going to ask. I'm going to ask if you live in yeah. a trailer, are you poor? Well, they were a young couple, right? So it's not so much that they were poor. Basically, I think at this point they were, you know, it was 1995. So what would that make her, Swanee? 19? Uh, 22. So, or that she was, she had her first baby at 22. But yeah, I know I've, I'm well, not I can't doing work well it out the maths today. Is the, right? is the traditional path Terrible. to home ownership in the US, you get a trailer and then you get a house? No, I don't think so. I'm I don't sure think no. So, so I think they were, I think she they married were her high school sweetheart, James Daryl Moore. <laughs> and they didn't have a lot of money. <laughs> Where do you get it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if she um, wasn't poor yeah. in her family home, she's probably not well off and, and quite Yeah, if they weren't poor. rich. They weren't rich. But also they took a mortgage out and I seem to recall that the trailer was A about, mortgage on the trailer. Yeah, and I yeah, which I was interested in how you could do yeah. that. Maybe a personal loan. But anyway, it's about forty thousand bucks. So it wasn't at the time that would have been quite a good trailer let's put it that way anyway in 1995 Dee Dee gave birth to her child Robert James or RJ RJ yeah right Mm. in 99 Dee Dee was charged with shoplifting in Polk County Polk salad Annie Gator gotcha granny thank you very much thank you very much Second Elvis reference, and that's why you I stopped earlier. Yes, is that a song? (laughs) Yeah, it's called Poke Salad Annie. Poke Salad Annie. Never heard of it. Don't you know it? Elvis song. Got you, Granny. Anyway, she got probation for that shoplifting in Polk County in 2001. Dee Dee and her husband were evicted from their trailer. I know we spent a lot of time talking about it, but they didn't pay their mortgage because they weren't very wealthy. So they. Remember in 95, so they moved in, let's say, 92-ish. Yeah. So in 2001, so nine years later, they got chucked out of the trailer 
And the same year, Dede was charged for writing false checks to the Hillsborough County tax collector, but got off with a fine. So she's now had. Um, Did she pay her fine with a false check? <laughs> Probably. <Before laughs> yeah. Now she worked as a nursing okay. assistant at Arcadia Healthcare in Tampa. And as she was very ambitious, a fast learner and very smart, she rose quite quickly through the ranks. And apparently she was very good at her job, by the way. She was very yeah. good, and especially with, um, I think it was people with learning disabilities. She was, she was actually a very good nursing assistant. After about a year in the business, she moved into, onto the, into the office side, working in scheduling and payroll. And this gave her the opportunity to convince Arcadia to open a new office in Plant City, which she said was an untapped gold mine. Uh, they agreed and put her in charge, of course. And as Dee Dee was a hustler, she was also running a company with a co-worker, Karen, selling cell phones. But after Arcadia opened in Plant City, she didn't have much time to do the phone company work and it eventually closed. Is Plant City a jungle? Yeah, no, like a industrial estate. It's a suburb. Yes, it might be industrial. Like an industrial a, suburb. Yeah, it yeah. might be. Yeah. I think it's. I looked it's at got the a map. real ring to it. I looked well, at Garden the map City and Perth. You got like, like Lakeland, Tampa, and um, it's where not all Leslie happens. Street in Essendon, is it? No, it's not Leslie Road. No, it's, it's not Leslie Road. Right it's, more, it's more like Airport West, perhaps. Yes. <laughs> What's it called? Plant City, Florida. Plant City. Yeah, Plant City. That's right. Plant City. Anyway, uh, maybe she... <laughs> it sounds like Car City Ringwood. <laughs> well done, that was, that was well done. You got crazy eyes to go with that. Uh, maybe because she had a lingering uh, had lingering childhood scarring from her parents' car. Dee Dee bought a fifty thousand dollar black Lincoln Navigator. Oh, hang on, she didn't get hit by the car and have scarring. She just was no, no. She was scarred by the fact that they had a shit car, so right. she went out. Oh, having, right, okay. Having yeah, yeah. lost her trailer and forging checks, but clearly haven't got any cash. But she goes out and buys a fifty thousand dollar Lincoln Navigator, and she was at this time she would have been earning around thirty thousand dollars. She went around basically projecting this image that she was earning a lot more and she had a lot more money. What's the quote from Top Gun? Your son, your your ego's uh, writing checks. Your body can't write, catch. Your ego's writing checks. Your body can't catch. Yeah, that's my it. favorite. I yeah, say yeah. It all the time to yes. certain individuals. So that's what she was doing. And Slider, you stink. You stink. Yeah. <laughs> so she was anyway, just a, a Top Gun, really. Hundred percent. Yep. So she got the loan by saying she made $10,000 selling phones and $30,000 sell, selling Mary Kay products. But she didn't, obviously, never needed to prove that she was earning that money, but they gave her the money anyway. And she didn't have enough to make payments, repayments. And, and she gave the banker the runaround a lot, saying that her money had been stolen and, you know, coming up with all these stories. She was overdrawing on all of her accounts, not paying her credit card, not paying her business accounts, like everything. And when the bank said they were going to repossess the car, she said something like, you're not getting your hands on my car. Yeah, well, it was like over my dead buddy, but it was like, you're not getting your hands on my car. No way. Anyway, not quite like that, (laughs) but anyway, that's if a hysterical Australian woman said it. And then six days later, it mysteriously was stolen. So she claimed she'd been kidnapped by two Mexicans. I feel like that's a bit racist anyway. Stereotypical. who sexually assaulted her and stole her jewellery and said they had been sent to set the car on fire while she was in it, but instead they were just going to steal it and she should dye her hair blonde and disappear. Uh, what? 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 They <laughs> said that. They said that to the police. 
Yeah, the police. I'm not sure what bank repossessors or debt collectors do in the US, but here they just show up and take your car. They mm. don't normally <laughs> tell you that they have to set fire to it with you in it. <laughs> and dye your hair blonde. Especially if they're taking the car. Yeah, you better disappear, laddie. Especially if they're taking the car back as an asset. Why would they set fire to it? Why to it? That owes yeah. them money. Yeah. Anyway, she oh, so I'm confused. So, oh, hang on. Was she saying that the 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 two Mexicans were connected to the bank, or was she saying that they were just criminals outright who were just? I don't understand that. Well, because she said two Mexicans had been hired to take the car and kill her, basically. But instead, they just thought they'd take the car. Don't ask me. Do you know what I mean? I'm confused as to whether yeah. she's trying to suggest that it was somehow connected to the bank instructing yeah. that. Or they were just two random Mexican criminals. I, I didn't pick the debt collecting I didn't, up. Yeah, I don't think it had anything to do with the bank. Oh, well, that, that's how I've read it then. You're probably yeah. right. Maybe she yeah. just said two randos. But why they yeah. said they'd been hired to put her in a car and set fire well, to it? Because they're just Mexican. Like kind of so she's saying that they're thieves. But why? But who wants well, to kill her? She, why? She doesn't, need, she doesn't need to know that. She just needs to be using <laughs> to an, an inappropriate stereotype to say yeah. that that's what it yeah, happened. all right. Fair enough. Anyway, she filed the report that report to the police on June 21st, 2011, and not long afterwards they got a call from a bloke saying that the car hadn't been stolen and she'd paid him $500 to hide the car in his garage. <coughs> he told them about another guy, Steve Rodella, who had taken the car to the garage. So she'd had Steve take the car to this man who then rang the police and said, it's not stolen, it's in my garage. Steve had helped Dee Dee because she said she was being threatened by a snitch or something convoluted to do with the cell a phone snitch. company. Yeah, Convoluted's key, I think. How threatening's a snitch? This was a way to stitch up the snitch because snitches <laughs> get stitches, you know. <laughs> All right, I'll... Goodness. Some person, something about the cell phone company, and someone in the cell phone company was trying to snitch on her or something to retaliate. She made this false thing about the car, and she told this guy she was stitching up the snitch. So it, you know what I mean? Like it's convoluted. Oh, to Carlos yeah, I know. Anyway. They always say that with a with a lie, <laughs> you should keep it simple. Oh, don't, yeah. well, don't make it too elaborate because I think okay. you're undone. You Every time. Undone. Let's see how that pans out for our mate Dee Dee. Um, another bloke called Clement told police that Dee Dee had bound her own hands and ankles and threw herself out of his moving car so that she could look like she'd been attacked. Hang on. Oh, what an idiot. Who was driving said, the car? Clement. Steve. No. Or Steve. Yeah, maybe it was Steve. I or don't Steve's know. There's mate. so many people yeah. in this story. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Got to make it look legit. If To make it look legit. That's right. She's a method actor. After all that, so she wasted the police time and was basically carrying on and fraudulent, and they knew that she was because the car was recovered in someone's garage, uh, she got probation again. Then Arcadia Health noticed that they were losing money out of the plant city. Hang on. Hang on. So before we go on to her next so- <laughs> crime, so she's done false checks and got a fine. And, mm-hmm. and now Default on yeah, a loan. Default on the caravan. Default on a yep. loan, yeah. And the caravan and now and she's now done this and she's car. been pretty much got and off scot free. There was a fine that she probably yeah. paid with a false check as well. Yeah, Correct. okay. Correct. Just bingo. So this whole thing, it. she that's all it was. They didn't take it any further. She didn't get a no, sort bit of, of probation, you know, a bit of yeah, do you know what I mean? it's like something. Yeah, seems to be yep. quite convoluted, as you said before. Mm. Yeah, oh, it's like someone going, oh, she's too hard to deal with. 
So then Arcadia Health, they noticed that they were losing money. So they did an internal audit and Dede had, of course, been embezzling from Mm. them. They took legal action, but coincidentally, the Plant City branch of Arcadia Healthcare mysteriously burned down. All buggers. When you say mysteriously, I'm just wondering whether you've got the right word there. (laughs) Well, they couldn't tie her to the fire, although they were pretty sure she did set it. And, of course, all the evidence was lost, so they couldn't prove that she'd been stealing money from them. Didn't they um, have it like on a computer somewhere else or something? Oh, she's God. very clever. No, but they, they couldn't tie her. She did convince them to let her off. So even though she'd burnt the place down and she owed them, I think it was $60,000, she said, I'll tell you what, um, I'll give you $25,000 back or <laughs> and, the, and if you go any further with this case against me, I'll tell everyone that you've been hiring people with HIV and not declaring it, which was untrue. But Arcadia Health. She's good though. I might try dabble in a bit of blackmail. Yeah. Basically, Arcadia Health didn't want the heat, so they just said, "Oh, look, fine, forget about it, whatever." I think they may have taken twenty-five, but she got away with it anyway. She's great. And it also turned out that she'd also embezzled a hundred thousand dollars from that cell phone company that she set up with some mates. So, you know, there's that too. Top chick. Is this because then, she's scarred the- about her parents' car as well? It's just because she's got a thing about <laughs> wanting to be rich. Yes, I think it's all to do with yep. the parents not having the yep. right car. I always blame the parents. Yeah, I, I was you know. sus on why that was so important to her, but now it makes <laughs> sense. Then in 2005, very sadly, she was involved in a fatal car accident. Um, Hang on. Well, she oh, survived. Yeah. Damn it. What? Well, <laughs> she survived. The driver and passenger of the other car both died. Uh, as far as going on was, in their was lives, she driving they? that yeah, car? Yeah, the other yeah. One? She was driving the car. They killed the other two. No. It was a head-on, I believe. I, I, I think. The other car crossed the verge or something, or crossed. Well, so the she thing. said. I'm, yes, and I hope she gets a big payout. Every no, yeah, every camera within three kilometres was mysteriously burnt down, destroying <laughs> any evidence. <laughs> no, uh, you see, climbing your ladder, pulling all that love. <laughs> so her marriage broke down around that time, and so the obvious thing to do at that point in time for her was to take up with the twenty-three-year-old son of her friend. Was she the was only option she had. It's the only option she had. I start dating a twenty-three-year-old. Also, solid solution to her problems. Oh, totally. Yeah. Now she's a she's a real problem mm. solver. This one. She was being sued for unpaid rent and advertising for her business ventures. Yet she just seemed to get away with everything. So unfortunately, Dee Dee went to a conference type thing. You know where people who want to get rich quick go to all oh, these yeah, yeah, yeah. how to make money yeah. things. Yeah, she went yeah. to one of those. And she met, guess who, a real estate agent. Oh, who, who overcharged someone. happened to know this lovely man, yes. Oh. And so she told Dee Dee all about this lovely man that she knew who was very generous and very nice. And Dee Dee immediately thought, oh, that sounds like the kind of person I want to write a book about. So <laughs> she, Here we go. Because apparently she's a writer now. She now she's an author. Yeah. So they get introduced and in no time at all, Dee Dee starts to embed herself in Abraham's life. Abraham told her about how people were constantly asking him for money and how he didn't feel he had any friends. People wouldn't take no for an answer and just badgered him. Oh, she'd be yeah, such a I great know. shoulder. Wouldn't she help honestly. with all of that? He's not even a shoulder. Thank goodness. Thank goodness these pair have come together. This is just yeah. what he needs. <laughs> true. She's going to. Otherwise <laughs> he might have offed himself, but she, this should say that. Oh. 
This is such a happy ending. I'm so pleased. Yeah. She even filmed an interview with him where she oh. asked him where he would go if he left Florida so he could get away from it all. And you can actually see that online. He's just talking mm-hmm. and, and she's, it's that kind of leading thing where she's like, so where would you go? You're not happy, When you, you say you can see it online, how yep. did, on YouTube. How did it get recorded? She filmed a yeah, video right. of him. She filmed it. Right. Yeah. It wasn't just a, a conversation mm-hmm. she was having with him. She decided that. Because then once she's killed him, yes. nicely, he's gone to Florida. Nicely noticed. Yeah, right. Correct. Uh, yeah, nicely did noticed. Did she try and become romantically involved with him? No, no, no. Oh, she um, didn't go down that also, avenue? No, would no. Have been an obvious she, way. No, because then oh, there would have been a call. Never... They'd be bumping uglies for sure. No. I, I don't yeah. understand why you have all got this bad kind of view of Dee Dee. You know, she never <laughs> even asked him for money. This just shows Not how premeditated it was. So she wasn't one to go, I'll end up getting with him and then because we're together I'll get access to the money. And she won't. Well, there's already a girlfriend, And she won't remember? ask him for it. She will find a way that is mm. so premeditated that when she actually does kill him to get the money, she's already got a video of where he would have gone once he's dead so and you say that i'm the it's <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a good point you make yes touche mm. she never asked him for any money but she did suggest that she could really help him out by taking over his business affairs meaning that he wouldn't have to worry about it anymore no she could say no oh. yeah she could say no to the people asking for money and if he needed anything, she'd just give it to him, no problem. So in January 2009, Abraham signed everything. Over. No! Jesus. What did his partner say about well, that? Well, actually, I think they were separated. By separated. Then. Yeah, they weren't married and I yeah. think they were separated yeah, at this right. point in time. Yeah. At this point in time, he and there's another woman in it. I don't even know if I can be bothered talking about her. There's another girl that Dee Dee uses to look like she's not taking over everything, but yeah. she effectively Part of is. The foil. Yeah. And when they, this killed me, but when they, they went, the three of them went into the bank, met with the bank, they formed a new LLC, I think, and all of it got signed over into this LLC, which, of which she was a company director or something, so she had immediate access to everything. And at that point in time, he needed to co-sign, if, you know, so, that, so he maintained some control. The next day she went back into the bank and she told the bloke, uh, the bank manager, that they had had a board meeting between the three of them and that it had been decided for whatever reason, I can't remember what it was, that he didn't need to sign. Shouldn't, yeah, that she could sign for everything without him. And the evidence that she cited for this was board minutes where the only person in the minutes who actually attended the board so, meeting was herself. Oh so, so from the banker's perspective, would they not have a process that says that everyone who is signatory on the loan has to sign to say that we're making a change to that process. How to get away with that, yeah. I think there should be a process. I think there probably is a process. I don't know how she got away with it. There is something about her. She's she's a pathological liar. But the, yeah, but, but so the bankers. And she's so good at it that I think he was just lazy yeah, yeah. or something. No, probably so just, I'm just yeah, working right, out whatever. do I need to yeah. have a sentence for him. So he did actually upgrade his Nissan Cube and he bought a BMW around this mm-hmm. time in oh. April 2009 and he took Dee Dee around with him 
in the BMW to introduce her to Greg and Poppy. Remember I talked about the two shop owners who have substantial loans from him, but they're both paying him back. They're not, you know, users. And basically Abraham was taking her around to introduce her so that everyone knew that she was now handling his money and the loans. So she was the one who they would be paying the loans to because he was sick of people hassling him for cash. And Greg recalled at the time of their first meeting that she seemed pretty weird actually. Now it turns out she's about six foot tall and at the time she had platinum bleach blonde hair, long bleach blonde hair. I could have just described myself in some ways, although my hair's not long, as in very tall and, you know, I'm pretty imposing. Apparently she came across as meek and shifty. At so, six foot tall. You know, she didn't exactly, you know, you would have thought this massive white woman, not massive fat, I just mean, you know, very tall and imposing woman might have and and of course she's like I'm in charge of all his business you would have thought she would have had a more of a kind of businesswoman type aura yep. but apparently she was sort of all meek and weird and she maybe and she, she was trying to yeah, underplay yeah. You. oh don't mind me I'm just yeah yeah, yeah there's nothing sinister I'm just so innocent and you know yeah you can trust me <laughs> nothing to yeah. see here yeah three weeks after the introduction Greg paid Dee Dee his monthly loan payment she took the money but she didn't receipt it Abraham had always provided receipts. So Dee Dee said, yeah, 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 I'll give you one, but she didn't. And then the next, when the next month's payment came up, he said, I'm not until paying you until I get a He's receipt good. for the last Who said that? Sorry? Greg. Greg. Yeah. He's yeah. Good. This time she gave him two handwritten receipts, one for this month and one for the month before. Then Greg receives a letter from American Medical Professionals, which is the LLC that Abraham set up, which is the ones I've talked about managing these loans, saying that they were foreclosing on his mother's home. Hang, hang At on. At this time, the, Greg, the loan company is called American Medical Professionals. Medical Professionals. Don't ask me why. I don't know why. It just is. I just think it sounds odd, but but yeah, that could just be the national thing you know where i think that's the idea of it though i think it's supposed to might be like a, a suggest something well, I think that's like, like the v to you it's a bit like our company trial by wine i'm sure someone looking at our business name would like be like trial by wine that sounds weird you could reasonably assume that if trial by wine was about judging people or drinking wine that would make sense then we're bang on the my, money my confusion yeah, yeah, is yeah, that yeah. the american medical professionals are going into yeah. loan or lending money but also not making it some kind of a financial business. They're literally just yeah, saying yeah, yeah. we're rich people with money. They, American Medical Professionals, sent this note saying, a letter saying we're going to foreclose on the mother's home because they hadn't received the last two loan payments, right? Mm-hmm. And, of course, Greg calls Abraham and says, call me back. Abraham, however, was out of town on a cruise. So... Because, you know, Abraham sounds like the cruising kind of guy. Mm. Anyway, did it, he really did the, did the cruise you, leave from Florida? It might have done. So this is when Greg learned how much control Dee Dee had over Abraham's affairs. Like he'd, he'd known that he'd been introduced and been told, pay the loan to yeah. Dee Dee, but he didn't realise that she had actually Financial taken power over everything. Yeah. She'd organised for this other woman, Judy, who I was talking about before, who was a friend of Abraham's, to have full power of attorney. But Judy wasn't actually very smart, no offence, Judy, and it was just so that it didn't look like Dee Dee was in control of everything when actually she was. Yeah. So Dee Dee told Greg to ignore the letter. Oh, look, it's just a mistake. Don't worry about it. But Greg said, hell no. He wanted to see evidence that his two previous payments had actually been lodged and he was getting nowhere with Dee Dee. So he sent Abraham a text and Abraham texted back, bro, I'm on a cruise and I'll be back in town soon. I just needed to get away because all these... 
N-words are bothering me about money. That doesn't sound like Abraham from what I've heard to date either. And and we've all seen numerous times in this podcast where people have control over someone else's phone. It's funny you should say that because Greg was pretty surprised as Abraham never actually texted at all because he's illiterate, remember? Oh, oh brilliant. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I, I love that. Well played, Greg. Well that played, bit. Greg. That is good. So they decided to test the theory that someone else was sending the texts. Using Greg's wife's phone, they sent a text to allegedly Abraham saying, baby, I love you. Would you please come home? And got the reply, I'll be home soon and I'll call you when I get back which was bullshit because Abraham would have known it was Greg's wife sending that text and would have been like, uh, squeeze me. Yeah. Why is Greg's wife saying, baby, I love you? You know, like none of it made sense. So Greg knew something was wrong immediately. He's good. He's, I know, oh, I know you said amazing. wait. Well I, done, I know you Greg. said wait and here because he is good. Snaps for Greg. I was, I was still suspicious, but Greg's he is incredible. good. I'm liking it. Greg is yeah. incredible. He really is. Greg the barber. Greg the barber. Not he met, hair, right? Yeah, he met with Dee Dee to sort out the mortgage and he showed her the text. And Dee Dee was like, oh, no, Abraham has a new girlfriend and she's the one sending all the texts and he's also taking literacy classes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> on the um, cruise. Te- on the cruise, yeah. Te- yeah. Texting literacy classes. Doing a Cert 1 General English. Anyway, I just said Cert 1 gen- General English. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that a hard R? Hard out for me. I found it very difficult. Uh, anyway, it rolled off the tongue. Now, on that day when Greg saw her and we had this conversation about the literacy classes, he remembered that Dee Dee was covered in dirt, and normally she was very, you know, well presented. But she said she'd been hanging drywall, you know, plasterboard all day. Have not. You've been burying a body. At the same time, a whole lot of Abraham's contacts were getting texts from him for the first time ever. Right? They were well written and quite often not like Abraham. So su- suspicion around, like, so from his contacts grew and grew. Didi said he'd left Florida, went into rehab. Now, this is a co- this is like a slash now, not a comma. Was on the lamb after assaulting a prostitute, slash, was getting treatment for AIDS somewhere. Basically, it's amazing she didn't say that he'd been eaten by a shark or. Gone I, to I the know moon. we discussed. Like she just made up dis- bullshit story after bullshit story about where he was to explain his absence. We yeah? discussed this once before, but on the land means something. And I, is it a ship on, on the, the run? run. That's yeah. it. Run. I know we on did it. Yeah, right. I forgot. And the land. My kids even knew what it was, yeah, and I wow. didn't know that. I don't know where you two have been, <laughs> but remember, the yeah, lamb was the ship that the that, people. That's that the, why I thought it was a ship. Yeah, right. It, it was. The lamb with a B was the ship that the Puritans oh, left yeah. left England in to go to America to escape persecution, and that's where the expression right. comes from. Wasn't that the Mayflower? No. Anyway, so, yes, she's just made up all this right. shit. And one of the people who got one of the weird texts asked, so what, I don't know who she was, I can't remember, might have been a cousin or a niece or something. The response was so ridiculous to her that she actually asked her father to file a missing persons report because she was oh, like, someone this is not right. Yeah. Worthy God. of it. Yeah. Um, but when he tried, he was told he couldn't because he wasn't family. Is that true? Apparently, yeah. 
In the meantime, Dee Dee and her entourage, so her toy boy boyfriend and his mother. So what happens if you have what no if, family? What if, Does that what if you no live next door to someone who goes lots of with no family. Yeah. And lots of people, like if you think about him, his mum's not really in great contact with him. He's got a girlfriend who's split up I think up they've with. been lied to. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, I mean, we can move on. I mean, you annoying. could lodge it as a missing persons, but we're actually having donuts and coffee at the moment, so we've got better things to <laughs> well, do. Let, let's, let's reserve judgment on the police at this point in time. Okay. In the meantime, Dee Dee and her toy boy and his mother moved into Abraham's house and she bought a Corvette for the toy boy. And they moved Hummer. into his house. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh. She make, at some point she says that she bought... Abraham's property off him for $800,000 cash or some amount of dollars cash and the police say well that's not true because where'd that cash come from like this this there's so much bullshit also, that there this needs woman to tells, be a deed this... that needs to be signed over sure but she was also she was paying at some point she's paying the property tax to the um, county tax office and the police are saying, well, you're paying for this. She goes, no, I'm not. And they're like, yeah, you are. Here's the tax bill that you've paid. So she she gets, she gets forgets herself what she's doing or not doing throughout this process. So she also bought a Corvette for the toy boy, which I believe was a $70,000 car, and a Hummer for herself. And she was living it up less than a year after a she Hummer. first oh, met God. Abraham. Oh, she's classy. She's class with a capital K. She also approached Abraham's ex-girlfriend, who had moved out of the house after the birth of Abraham's baby, she offered the girlfriend a new car and house if she'd tell the police that she'd seen Abraham. So the girlfriend says, yeah, sure, sure. I'll do that. No worries. But, of course, the minute she hangs up the phone, she calls the police and reports it. Brilliant. <laughs> and they said, oh, I know you're the mother of his child, but you're not family. Yeah, so that's can't right. Exactly. Love to so the thing close uh the police at this point were already pretty suspicious about Dede and they Ooh, interviewed shit. her but they couldn't do anything because there was no hard ev- evidence and she's not confessing right and at this point in time Abraham's missing lots of weird stuff's happening but we don't know if he is actually on a cruise or <coughs> he's on the lamb because he had sex with a 14 year old these are all the things that she made yeah, up yeah, about yeah, him right yeah 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 when the ex-girlfriend ploy didn't work, she went to see Greg and she told him to meet her in a car park and she basically does all of this weird clandestine meeting in car parks for months and months and months. Greg shows up at trash. this car park with the trash lady. She goes on and on and on about, I'm under all this, I'm in tons of stress. You know, Abraham's left me to deal with everything and, you know, I need to buy time for Abraham to come back and clear my name because, you know, people are looking at me. She's just, you know, rants. And she offers to pay him $300 to call someone to say that he'd seen Abraham in a strip joint and had seen his ID fall out out of his pocket and that's how he knew it was Abraham, Did right? you Did you say so $300? It's yeah. not a lot. Wow. So Greg does this not knowing who he was calling. He's like, Greg. Yeah, all right, well, Greg... Greg's better than that. Greg, he's, he's Greg, better you than are that. better than this. What's his plan? Unless, he's unless he's doing it so that he can find out more about how dodgy she is and what she's up to. He met her in a car park for starters. That Greg, you've already uh, undermined some okay. of the faith I had in you. I'll be honest. I reckon what he's doing is going disappointed. I'll, I'm disappointed. You know that means I'll do I'm it because I'll get three hundred bucks. I'll find out who you want me to ring. I'll try to find out a little bit more about this web that you're weaving. And then I'll get you later. I hope so, Schmitty. I feel like you've 
You weave this web. Greg's all right. Like Everyone. Yeah, you may you make me want to. Yeah, like I know. Greg's all right. Greg's all right. Don't, wait, don't, wait, don't wait. disappoint me. <laughs> no, no, Greg's all right. So the police were actually on to her, and they right. interviewed her. And so the person that she asked him to ring was the policeman. Yeah. Yeah. So Greg rings. I think his name's Wallace. The, his last name is Wallace. Rings up this guy and says. I was at the strip joint and I ran into this man and his ID fell out of his pocket and turned out his it was ID Abraham. fell out of his pocket. It's brilliant. And I believe you're looking. And it for turns this out the man, man, yeah, that I used to, I loaned. Oh yeah, I knew him in person, but I needed the ID to fall out to confirm that's who it was. What? A- it's all insane. Yep, yep. So they interview her again and they demand to know where Abraham is, and she says he's pretending that he's dying of AIDS to avoid paying the child services. But in reality, there's a video of him having sex with a 14-year-old, so he's laying low. Dave Wallace, the detective, says, I honestly can't believe a word that's coming out of your mouth. Good on him. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Yes. And then when she left, she told another cop who was, you know how they do good cop, bad cop? Yeah. Dave Wallace was bad cop. The other guy sitting there in the corner smiling nicely at her, he then in later in the testimony says that she told him that she would get a hotel room so they could have a good time. Oh, yeah, I knew that was coming. So after that, Dee Dee had Greg call Abraham's mother, Elizabeth Walker. So he's already called the policeman, pretending to be Abraham to make his mother feel okay. Another $300? No, he's Again, no, so, so he really is working for her. At this oh, point, yeah. Oh, no, Greg. No, Greg, no. Knowing that she's lying. Be better. She takes Mrs Walker out for dinner and she sets it up that he will call Mrs. Walker while Dee Dee's with her on the mobile, right? And I think there was some dumb shit like she sent him a text to say, like, you know, with a code or some bullshit. Now. Anyway, Elizabeth Walker, who is Abraham's knows mother. Knows her son's voice. Isn't stupid. Knows her son's <laughs> voice and went straight to the police and they traced the call. And Greg, who was supposed, Dee Dee had said, do this from a payphone, used his own mobile. So they followed him and they it's saw hard to get good Dee Dee help, giving him Poor money. Dee Dee. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They saw him being given money by you Dee You pay Dee. peanuts, you get monkeys, Dee Dee. That's all I want to say. At this point, Greg actually thought Abraham may actually have been away. And I think he he did these phone calls because it was clear that Elizabeth Walker was upset and not sure where her son was. And he called this other bloke, not knowing it was the police. She never said, can you call the police and tell I'm... them that you saw Abraham? Jury's out. Yeah, here, right? I agree. Sorry, I no, agree. no, no, wait, You're going to have to wait, keep going. Don't lose wait, him. Don't wait, lose okay. him. Okay. I want to. I wanna... so, <laughs> so remember the police see her giving him money? Yeah. Greg left feeling really uncomfortable with the whole situation. Rightly and so. he was like he was yeah, and he was Abraham's friend, and he, he at this point he didn't actually believe that anything bad had happened to Abraham. That he thought he was avoiding people because of the money situation, and he actually thought he was avoiding Dee Dee the most. So Greg thought that Dee Dee was the worst person, and Abraham was laying low from her. So she's the worst and person. So she's but going, if she gives me three hundred bucks, I'll make these phone calls. I don't really nah. understand the money thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nah. He pulls up at a red light and then the police stopped him and said, can you come in for a chat, please? What? They took him downtown because they'd seen the money exchange, right? And they were following and surveying basically our mate Dee Dee because they were not convinced that she wasn't, you know, a bad person. So the police wanted Greg to help them find out what had happened to Abraham. And 
At first, because as I said earlier, snitches get stitches. Greg wasn't terribly comfortable with that and he had to think about it a bit. He wasn't ter- terribly comfortable oh, yeah. with going to talk to the police. About helping the police. Right. Yes, about helping the police. So after a while, though, he thinks about it and his conscience gets the better of him and he calls Dave Wallace back and he says, yes, I'll help you. So this starts months of Greg meeting Dee Dee in car parks, building her trust because she's not going to tell them anything straight up. She's going around with all of her stories about wherever the hell she thinks Abraham might be. Now, the first meeting when the police send him in, he's wired and he was quite uncomfortable with the whole thing. He gets in the car and she launches across the car at him to give him a big hug. And he's like, hey, hey, white lady, get off me. You know, you should... You shouldn't be grabbing up people in your car and, you know, this isn't right and he, and he goes to get out because the whole time he's thinking, God, she's feeling for the wire. Yeah. And she probably was, by the way. So he gets out and he's like, oh, my God, uh, I just I can't wear this wire the way they want me to. So now Greg and I share a... Hip problem? A little tipple, an enjoyment of a certain right. tipple. Greg drinks a shed ton of Red Bull. I like V myself, but that's okay. And everyone knew it was his thing. Like he, he 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 drank so much of it that, you know, you'd see cans around him all the time. So he worked out that if he very carefully took the lid off this empty can of Red Bull, he could put a listening device in it and close it back up and pop it in his car. See, in some and ways it would just he's look so like clever. He's very clever. Oh. Here we go. So and apparently I actually have heard the police, pers- the police I think it was Dave Wallace say, I wish I had thought of that when I was in narcotics or yeah, something right. like that. He's like, I did like to say, because like we were really impressed. Now, using this device, he met with Dee Dee regularly, trying to get her to tell him where Abraham was. And the police were following this all times because you can't just go and meet with someone we think might be, you know, possibly a murderer or at least a bit of a nutcase. You know, we don't want Greg to get murdered. So the police are following and taping all of these meetings. Now, in the middle of this, Dee Dee starts to talk about a man called Ronald, who was actually a fictitious drug dealer that she made up. Was he Mexican? And she starts, no, no, it's just Ronald. She starts talking to him, about him to Greg, who's like, who dat, you know? Who's this guy? <laughs> Did and he say it like that? Or was that just you doing a bit of poetic license? <laughs> who dat? Who dat? I think he, I think he would have. Gigi, why? Basically, she was... <laughs> This, she was creating this person to blame if the police ever spoke to Greg about it, right? So she she just made up this character because she, also she doesn't know that Greg's part of a sting. At one point she says to Greg, buy two burner phones so that they can talk to each other and she gets him to book a hotel room under a false name and they, he gets to this hotel room and the whole reason they book this hotel room is so that they can write a letter to Mrs. Walker, or sorry, Ms. Walker, who's Abraham's mother. And Greg shows up to this motel and she opens the door and she's dressed in a full kind of painter's cover-up and gloves. She basically looks like a forensic pathologist, you know, like Dexter. It's It's got this sort of idea of like the whole place. She had a, a brand-new laptop and a brand-new printer. Like she went to incredible lengths to avoid any DNA or any ev- trace evidence. Now I am going to share a little bit of Greg with you. Because this is how Greg describes this moment. She's like, this, put your gloves on. I said, put my gloves on. She's like, I don't want none of your hair to get stuck in the computer or like this forensic file type of thing. I'm like, man, this lady is off her rockers. Off her rockers? 
This lady oh, is. Oh, he must oh, have had to is. carry wear his wire a different way, did he? Because he wouldn't have been able to. Um, he wasn't wearing well the can of because he couldn't have kept his can. <laughs> very, very yeah, good. You're point. all over it. So she pulls out the brand new laptop, as I mentioned, and a printer, brand new, right? And she starts to write this letter, and she stops every now and then to check with Greg whether it sounds like Abraham. And so this, the idea of this letter is to to be sent to Abraham's mother to convince Abraham's mother that there's nothing to see here and he's just away somewhere. Is she typing it? Yes, she is typing it. And okay. she even explains that in the letter. She says, my good friend is... I know I'm illiterate, but... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I know I can't read or write <laughs> no, or nothing, but, you know, I've got this great friend of mine typing for me. And she writes it like that. Okay. Now, she was being taped at this point in time. So for another little moment for you, I'm going to share a bit of Dee Dee for you. Oh. Brilliant. Okay. Bring it. So this is the moment where Dee Dee is writing this letter and checking with Greg as to whether or not it sounds appropriately like our mate Abraham. You know, um, you are just like everyone else kind of talking out of staying away. I'm not on my mind, shut it that way. Yeah, and not on my own family. I'm not a child and I'm not out of my mind. I think that's convincing. I think that's going to take a lot of heat off. So the whole yeah, point right. of all of this was to take the heat off her, right? And Greg's going along with it because he's working with the police. Yeah, he's playing along with this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So she also talks about how Dee Dee is a really good person, in, of course, in the letter. And interesting the way she puts it, she says something along the lines of, Dee Dee, you know, that woman, she knew what she was getting into. She'll be okay. She's all right. She basically... It's basically set up as if to say that Abraham is going, you know, when I come back, it'll all be cleared. She's okay. She's, she's, she she's no problem. She knows what she's doing. Don't worry about her. Don't worry about her. But She's a safe pair of hands, that Dee Dee. Mm. Pretty much, yes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, thank goodness for Dee Dee. She also introduces the concept of our mate Ronald into this story as well, right? So McDonald? She's, Ronald McDonald, oh, that's right. The drug... What was he, the drug dealer? No, the... Yeah, the, the fake, fictitious drug dealer, yes. The fictitious drug dealer, yeah. yeah. which makes sense again in a minute. So she prints it out and then she uses tweezers to handle the paper and she uses a sponge to seal the envelope. Like she goes to... She's seen far too many bloody TV shows about forensics. But so, to, so hang on, so that if someone did forensically test the envelope, Wouldn't there would be her. no fingerprints on... Not Which is even weirder than... That's right. Like, yes. that's not going to be suspicious. Certainly either. not Abraham's or, or saliva <laughs> or anything like that. Yes, yes, absolutely right. So she does all of that and then they drive off after that and they go to Ms. Walker's house and they put this letter in her letterbox and they drive away thinking, job done. And, of course, the police are following and so the police just take it out of the letterbox, slip it into an evidence bag and away they go, which is good because, you know, poor old Ms Walker doesn't need to read this bullshit letter and, you know, Correct. be embroiled in yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So the police were completely convinced that Dee Dee Moore had conned Abraham so that she had control and access for everything and had something to do with his disappearance. But she was cool as a cucumber and they still needed to find Abraham to confirm, confirm their suspicion that he was dead. So after this, Dee Dee starts talking like her fiction was real. So she starts to, like she starts to believe her own lies. Because she's pathological. She tells Greg on the phone that Ronald was threatening her and her family and reiterated a lot of the info from the letter. And Greg's like, uh, what? What is going on? 
you know, she's talking like what we wrote was real, like she actually believes it. He was yeah, there right. when she made this up, so he knows yeah. none of it's real. But yeah. she's talking to him and we believe that the reason she did that is because she thought perhaps the phone call was being tapped, which it was. She was quite right. right. Yeah, yeah. So she's creating this uh, narrative the whole time. Now, this went on for seven months. And throughout that time, because they are... anyone actually out looking for Abraham at any point? They are because they are convinced that she knows where he is and they're convinced at some point she's going to make a mistake and we're going to find Abraham. There are no other leads, right? But everyone, the police and everyone's thinking this woman knows what's going on. Now, she never admits that Abraham, that she even thinks Abraham's dead at at this point. So in all of these conversations, she's still maintaining that he's got AIDS, or pretending he's got AIDS so that he doesn't have to pay for his child support while at the same time he's on the lamb because he's raped a 14-year-old or he's choked a prostitute, I'm not sure which one. Oh, they're two different ones, my mistake. They were two different ones, yes, yeah. Got it. All of the above. I'm going D, all of the above. Yeah. So so Greg and the police, right, they're saying, okay, we need to up the ante and see if we can get it. Greg, I like that Greg's saying that. Oh, Greg's part of the team. Greg's Greg like, is, guys, I think this is where Greg's like, on board. This. When, now, Greg, when Greg's good is great, I must <laughs> say. Greg is, Greg is great. So yeah. Greg suggests that his fictional cousin. <laughs> oh. So they create this idea of Greg having a cousin and Greg. And that's Greg's a police cousin, officer. Where did you find this story? Oh, he's so good. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's one of those givers. <laughs> it's a giver. So good. Greg's cousin <laughs> is going down for some other crime. So he's going to do time. Yeah. And so he, for money, will admit that he's killed Abraham and that'll take the heat off Dee Dee. So, and this is Greg's idea? I'm not sure whether it was the police or Greg's, oh. but they did agree that, look, we've got to, ke- we've got to get some progress yeah, here. Yeah. She's, she's not breaking. But they have to have something to prove that the cousin's involved. Right, so we can't. I can't just go to the police and say I done it, and I don't yeah, know where yeah. the body is, and I don't know how he was killed or anything like and that. And for these seven months, which is, I guess, in addition to what went before it, she still got access to all the money and doing whatever 100%, she wants. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. I'm hoping. I'm, I'm going to preempt that just because I would hope that the cousin is going to be able to tell where the body is because DD is going to agree to it based on a conversation Greg has. All right, but, to say how we killed him. But yeah, she doesn't know where the body is because she didn't kill him, right? She's yeah, got to but... ring Ronald and find out because Ronald, oh, right, Ronald can tell it. her where the body is. Yes, yes but, but, but the cousin needs to know where the body is so he can commit to it. He, sorry, he can admit to it. True, but initially they just suggest that she suggests that the murder weapon will do the job. And right. so lo and behold, she comes up with a gun which is apparently the murder weapon, which is strangely registered to her. So all of this work that she's done, right? She's not the sharpest tool. Like like when the police When Greg's good, Greg's amazing. When Dee Dee's bad, she's real bad. Yeah, real bad. What? That just because the gun that shot him allegedly is registered to her, doesn't mean that she pulled the trigger, right? Because Ronald how did is, it. Where's, where's even the proof that the gun that she presents is the one that shot him? Because they haven't got a body to compare it with anything. 100%, 100%. So she's only getting herself deeper into it. Absolutely. 
Yes. But yeah, you know, well, of course, her story is one of those Chicago like stories. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They both. Oh, yes. They both. Oh, yes. They both reach for the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun. Oh, yes. They both reach for the gun for the gun. <laughs> anyway. I love how our listeners get a free bit of uh, musical. <laughs> the side. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so she's got to ring. She has to ring Ronald because Ronald did it, and Ronald should be able to tell them where the body is, right? Because she don't know, right? So, okay, Greg. Even though he knows that Ronald is basically Ronald McDonald, doesn't exist. He says, "Yeah, "Uh, yeah, okay, call Ronald uh, and tell get him to tell us where Abraham is." So then the cousin Mike Smith, (laughs) played by an undercover policeman, because there's a lot of characters here. Oh, hang says, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. The fictitious so cousin, in, cousin in, who we've in called the Mike Smith. In conversations with Greg up until this point, she has always maintained that she thinks he's somewhere else, right, that he's not murdered. That's right. Mm-hmm. But now that the fictitious cousin is going to say, oh, look, for an amount of money, I'll say that I did it, she's now just flicked a story like that and said, yep. oh, actually, funny you should say that. Maybe that drug dealer that I often mention may have had something to do with his disappearance. Shall I just put a call into him? Pretty much, yep. yep. It, it, so like, it's a good okay. pickup and important. That's it. That's blue. it. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So the cousin, now, so we're at, we're in a car park because yep. that's where she likes to do her business. Oh, yeah. And the cousin is also <laughs> in the car. And also conduct her meetings. And the cousin says, <laughs> correct, that's where she likes to do her meetings, says, says, I'll tell you what, I can do this, but we're going to need a body. They're going to want a body. And she's like, oh, okay. Okay. Brilliant. Well she done, might have Mike said Smith. deal, I'm not sure, but she says something like that. Deal. And then she says, look, why would you even do that for me, though? You know, like why, why will you even, you know, take the heat yeah. and go to prison for me? He says, go I'm to going, for forever. What's the money he says, I'm going do? down already anyway. And then she says, you're going to be a very popular person. You're going to be a legend. So Mike Smith is pushing her to get the body. Dee Dee says she'll talk to Ronald and find out where it is. A few days later, Greg calls Dee Dee and on January 25th, Again, in a car park, they meet. <laughs> he told her, oh, this is funny. This is where they're like, oh, fuck, we've really we've got to push her. Like she's just not moving fast enough. So he says that he was, I, I can't remember how this works out, but somehow like he's in a bar or he's at a party and he happens to overhear that the police were about to get a warrant to search all of Dee Dee's properties that were loca- located in Plant City and they needed to move now, right? So Dee Dee's like, uh, okay, Abraham's buried nine feet down. And she agrees to take them to where he is. Greg told her to get supplies. So he asked her to get bleach and shit, which confused me, but I think it was to ensure that she was implicated in them finding the body. Because yeah. if she just said, oh, you know, because she goes, I don't know why you went there. I don't know where you found it. I don't know where yeah. you got that information from. So he, he sort of, this is again Greg being brilliant. He says, oh, go and get like a shovel and bleach and stuff. So she does. Later, she gave Greg the gun so that his cousin could put his prints on it. She then suggested they get, so then she says, oh, why don't you, cousin, just like, you know, take Abraham's body and burn it in a field somewhere. And at this point, Greg is like so revolted because he's sort at of been. At this point. Well, because it escalates quickly about the body. It's all becoming body. real now. Yeah, yeah. And this is his friend and they're getting really close to incriminating her, but he's just so disgusted by her. And he says, okay, add kerosene to the shopping list. And she says, and maybe some marshmallows. <laughs> <gasps> oh, my God. I mean, she's so disgusting. She then says, oh, and by the way, when you dig him up, check the body for money before you burn it. And he's like, I'm oh, not doing that. I'm what? not doing that. Because right? she wants more money. Or just in case I miss something. She doesn't quite yeah, say that. Yeah, greed. 
So she leads them to a concrete slab on her property and says Abraham's under there. So they now Greg now knows that Abraham really was dead and gave all the information to the police and as the police swarmed her property, Greg called her from his car accusing her of setting him up and she needed to leave her house immediately. She's got multiple houses. The house that the body is found at is a different address. She's Remember, she's living at Abraham's house. Yeah. This is her old house. So he rings up and says, oh, you know, you've you've set me up and you need to get out of your house immediately because the police actually wanted her away from the house so that her son, remember RJ? Yeah. Not JR. RJ from earlier, they didn't want him to, you know, be traumatised by the arrest and all the rest of it. And she says, but I'm about to serve dinner because she what? had all these people over. Yeah, I think it might have been Thanksgiving. Dede again went to a parking lot to meet Greg and not long after the police arrived and they didn't arrest them. They just said, could you both come to the station? We've got some questions. She goes to the police station and when the police talk to her about why Abraham is, you know, what's going on and why Abraham's under a slab, concrete slab in her house, she says she was a victim when men stormed into Abraham's home and killed him. She was allegedly forced to cover up the crime. A guy came in and shot him took everything we had in the safe for cash and left with it, she told detectives in a taped interview. They put a gun in my mouth. I peed my pants. I was scared. Makes sense. Yeah. She provided, she's trying to provide a name to the detectives and then she goes, the guy's name was uh, um, something. I just found it out because she's trying to think up a name. Uh, yeah. And then it's a dead end, of course, because the guy in question doesn't exist. So again, though, because she doesn't confess and they keep hounding, like, hounding is the wrong word, they question her a lot and she changes her story. She goes back to the AIDS, all of those things that she says before. They've had to do a full investigation to get enough actual physical evidence to charge her. So they recovered Abraham's remains and conducted a forensic investigation. Then looking further into her history, investigators visit her ex-husband and he said on the night of Abraham's murder, Dee had asked him, to use a machine to dig a hole in her backyard. She she had some cock and bull story about wanting to bury rubbish and so he digs this massive hole in her backyard and like two hours later or three hours later she rings up after sundown and says, can you come and fill it in now, please? So he does, comes back, he fills it in. It's dark and there's stuff in there. She's thrown some debris in there. Remember, the, remember Greg talking about her being dirty when he saw mm -hmm. her? Yeah, and the hus ex-husband's like, I, I didn't see anybody in the hole, and he testifies he, he didn't see anything, and they don't believe that he actually had anything to do with it apart from inadvertently burying the body. At the time Abraham's body was found, he only had ten thousand dollars left to his name. So in the time that she met him, he had about two million dollars. So she's burned through everything except for ten thousand dollars. Yeah, wow. Dede then, of course, kept going on about multiple versions of how Abraham died. He, she blamed his cousin, Cedric. She said her own son shot him in defense <laughs> of her, you know, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, they're both, oh, yes, they're both, oh, yes, they're both, etc. Some drug dealers came in. Someone she didn't see shot Abraham. She said all this. She never said that she shot Abraham. What happened, when they got the body, they found that he had two gunshot wounds to his chest. All of his clothes had had every piece of metal removed from them, so she'd cut the zippers and buttons and everything out so that if a metal detector was being used to try and find his remains, they wouldn't ping it. Like, she 
you know, uh, you know, saying before, she's really good on some stuff, but she shoots him with a gun that's registered to herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She even said that her lawyer had shot Abraham, not her criminal lawyer, <laughs> her um, uh-huh. accountant type lawyer, you know, business lawyer. And at one point, when her she's in jail, you know, being questioned, etc., her father says to her, "I'm really sorry about all of this. You know, I wish I was in your take the place for you." And she says, "Could you?" So throughout this time, she wasn't actually in custody because amazingly she's not admitted to killing him herself and so the police have to keep getting more evidence. She talks, there's this interview that you can see on YouTube where she talks to the media telling them she'd never kill another human being. She did not kill that man. She told the reporters that they should focus on letting the family grieve. She actually berates the reporters at this point in time and says, you know, there's a man being buried. There's a man, it's a man's life. Have this some isn't respect. about me. Have some respect. And goes on to say something along the lines of he's being buried. He should never have been just, you know, buried in someone's backyard like trash. This woman yeah. is extraordinary. Yeah. The police didn't let her run around for long, charging her with accessory after the fact to first-degree murder. But the police did say that as the investigation was ongoing, she may still be charged with first-degree murder, which did happen, adding with premeditation, meaning she had no option for bail. And their argument, uh, Clarkie, around the premeditation was, of course, the video that you picked up on immediately, that she had well before he disappeared started to put a chain of events in place to give herself uh, a defence. Yeah. Even in jail, she kept making up versions of how Abraham could have died and a cellmate went to the police saying that Dee, Dee had again said her son had killed Abraham when he showed up with a gun demanding money. So Abraham's now come into the house and, and demanded money off her and RJ's shot him. And, of course, why would this cellmate, who I think his name was Angelique, it just stuck in my mind, something like that. Angelique. Um, or Angelina, it was one of those. Because Dee, Dee said she'd pay her off, of course. But she couldn't pay her off because Abraham's estate had less than $10,000 of cash left. But she was going to sell the houses. You remember poor old <gasps> Poppy and Greg's house? Her plan yeah. was to sell those houses so that she could pay off all the people she was trying to bribe to take the fall for her or to tell the police that she hadn't done it. And I'm sure you can imagine how the court case went. Her defence team focused on the fact that there was no hard evidence of her killing Abraham and that she'd not confessed, so it was up to the prosecution to prove that there was enough evidence to convict beyond reasonable doubt. Dee Dee put in, as I said, you know, enter stage left, our character Dee Dee. She put some impressive performances in, crying and shouting, being told to sort herself out by the judge on several occasions. And it was, I've seen the video, Clark, it was very much like the ugly crying performance by Tony Collette in Muriel's Wedding. <laughs> or, or Cigarette Sally at the train station in Brunswick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when not crying and shouting, she would smile in a weird coquettish fashion, wave and wink at the jury. Really? She was doing the, I'll show you, I'll, it was like this. In between crying? Yeah, when she wasn't crying, she was doing widget she's creepy to top it all off even though her lawyers had prepped her for it she refused to go on the stand so whilst the trial was a bit of a farce in terms of her crazy behavior the jury found do rice (laughs) doris moore guilty of first degree murder with premeditation and judge battle sentenced her to life in prison without uh, any possibility of parole Dee Dee still maintains her innocence and has since written to the judge to say that Greg had done it. So, of course, Greg's done it now. Oh, Greg's or, the one who's done it. Yeah, right. Greg's done it now. Or I don't know who done it. Not my job. Why would I? No, exactly. As a little bit of an epilogue to this, she was back in the news in March 2022 
where she, and you'll appreciate this, backed a bill awaiting the governor's signature that would temporarily keep the names of lottery winners secret. But having watched her in interviews, I believe she's only saying that to make herself sound like an okay person. Yeah, yeah. How does she get the chance to even do that from inside jail? People interview her all the time. So I've, I've seen multiple interviews of her. She's a piece of She'd be desperate to profess her Yeah. So that is the sad story of Abraham Shakespeare and the frankly quite frightening story of Doris Moore, the most manipulative and pathological liar I've had the pleasure to research so far. How do you find the defendant? Oh. I don't like her one bit. Yeah, I just, no, she's neither. pissed me off massively. Everybody's yeah. annoyed me a little bit in that story. Yeah. Oh. The, uh, it, oh. Maybe the way I told it wasn't No, good. it's not that. No, it's you told that. it well, I think. Because I do exactly. think. I think maybe I did Greg a disservice. I suppose he no. did himself a disservice by taking the money. But well, I at feel... that point, I don't understand where, where when he faltered. He sounded like he was going to go. That was around 2008, right 2009, and I think money was very, very tight for an awful lot of people. That was the global financial crisis. I suspect that taking 300 bucks off her to make a phone call, oh, as much as we know that he and his wife suspected that someone else was sending those text messages, he didn't necessarily think it was Dee Dee at the time. Okay, perhaps I misunderstood so that maybe I, I thought did from that. the outset yeah. that he and the wife thought Knew straight it was off Dee Dee. No, Dee Dee. no, I okay. don't think so. Okay. So I'm sorry, that's my bad storytelling. Yeah. Not at all, but that was, But I, I just, I couldn't give Greg a break after that because I thought he'd I know, I feel, I've done, himself. it's not fair. I, oh, so I'm sorry, Greg, I'm sorry. He must have <laughs> He must have been desperate for cash because the money he'd paid, the $3,000 each time he'd paid, yeah. had gone up in smoke. Gone. Uh, his, yeah. his parents' place was disappearing. Yes. He must have right. been desperate. So $300, $300 probably sounded significant in getting by. Yeah, mm. I do Maybe, think yeah. Greg had highs and lows, like everyone does, but some of those lows were a little disappointing because he was at one point a superhero. He gave very strong testimony as well and I think um, his testimony and the work that he did. Remember, he kind of committed seven months of his life. There's so much more in the tapes, you know, like he does all of this, I'm as deep in this as you are, baby, you know, I'm with you all the way. She's like, he's like, I'll never... I'll never betray you or something. She's like, ever, you know, she is. Did they have a romantic? No. Was there anything? No. no. I can't Could believe you? that. No, I but, thought but she was going to try that on. I'm sure she did, but she or maybe did, she yeah. did. But, you know, there, there's no suggestion of that. Then. It's more just like they're like partners in crime almost, but she's playing yeah. the victim the whole time. Like, you know, Abraham's missing and I need your help and no one's listening to me and the police are looking at me and so she's playing this massive victim the whole time. But why would she have believed that it was in Greg's best interest other than just to get everybody off hassling her? I think it was just to get the heat off her the whole time, yeah. Also because she's clearly narcissistic See, I would be suspicious well. of him if I was her. She, yeah. She's definitely narcissistic. I do think the bank not necessarily had tons to do with it but certainly by signing everything over to her that was a pretty significant moment yes yeah the day after when she returned yeah and what do they that does that ever come back or is that ever discussed again or that's just no it's just a fact footnote in the history of abraham abraham shakespeare yeah sorry how long did things go for after he died I believe that she had no, he disappeared basically within a year of her meeting him. And then she continued the charade. It took about a year, took seven months to a year for them to finally get her bang to rights, yeah, get her arrested. Yeah, right, yep, okay. That's that's quite quick in the grand scheme. 
So I think they did well. I think that without Greg, they wouldn't have got anywhere because you, you needed someone to be prepared to invest the time to record every conversation and and yeah, you know because yeah. she would they the police took her in for questioning multiple times. She mm. was not one to break. There's loads of these, you know, interviews. interviews and she's crying. And what stuck in my mind was, right, she, so she meets this man and she's supposed to be writing a book about him. And she's so personally involved with him where she's filming him to talk about how he's so fed up with everyone that he I wants to that leave and all that sort of stuff. Every time she talks about this in interviews, she calls him that man. Mm. She doesn't call him Abraham. She doesn't say, I didn't kill Abraham. Well, I've not. She might, but I have every. It's stuck out yeah. for me that she keeps referring to him as that man, like she's trying to distance herself from him. Yeah, but she was allegedly his friend. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Wow, amazing sentence. Oh, sorry, sentence. Sentence. I know we shouldn't speak ill of the dead, but I mean Abraham set this whole situation in motion by believing her, not doing due diligence, not you know seeking some kind of investigation into where he was going to put all his money. I know he didn't care enough because he was over it and sick of being sort of questioned. I think he got to a point where he didn't know who to trust, though, to I'm sure. I'm so sure many people that, but I mean, used him. Yeah. I think I, I think don't know why maybe, she would have been the one that stood out as being okay. Yeah, no. Maybe I, because I think, she was a six-foot white lady. Yeah, I, I think, importantly, his mum said the money was from the devil. And, look, I don't want to victim mother. blame Abraham, but I do wonder about the initial transaction whereby Mike paid for <laughs> half of the two tickets. And so, you know, did he actually, was he genuine and, and should his claim actually be that he should get the full amount or did were they equal investors in two tickets, in which case he should have got half of it? And had he been open and honest about that maybe none of this would have happened because he would have had somebody to support him through the whole all my friends keep asking me for money so he's alienated himself from mike who was probably one of his best friends therefore the money did become from the devil and therefore I mean, mike there's was a, a lot truck of karma driver. playing out <laughs> mike was a truck driver he worked with a bit i'm not sure they were best friends i know i said he was his friend but i was probably being a little sarcastic because then mike came for him but yeah maybe okay I think it just if you if you go down that path of the money was from the devil. Well, had he made a a different sliding doors choice then and gone, you know what, you paid for half of the tickets. One of them was a winner, and let's split the proceeds. Perhaps this whole situation is different. Well, you could also say even if he didn't do that, if he had taken it as an annuity instead of taking as a lump sum, that would also have different. Yeah, reduced yeah. much less appealing. Yeah, yep. the the opportunity for people. But again, I'm not blaming him. There's a lesson for us all when we It's win. a lesson, yes, but I'm not going to blame him for that. But potentially there's greed there, right? Where he goes, I want it all at once. I'll, oh, I'll, I, don't, I, I have no idea. I mean, he wasn't someone he he certainly didn't spend it on himself. Mm. So yeah. I don't think it would have been a greed thing. It would have been a, I can do a lot with that money yeah, if right. I have okay. it all up front. I don't think it's yep. a greed thing at all. Okay, yep. good point. Yep. It's a lot of money. I know. And he, what did I say he won it? He won it in 2006. Yeah, right. So he won oh. it in 2006 and he was dead by 2009. Wow. And he had actually spent almost like up until, I think they think he had maybe one to two million left in his pocket or his bank account plus the value of the houses, the mortgages that he had um, loaned people. 
I think he's, he was worth about $3 million or 3 point something million at the time that Didi took over from him. So he'd actually spent $14 million Jeez. in two years. Yeah, so he was, he, was on a, he was taking a fast train to poverty, wasn't he? Yeah. But they all do. But that apparently that's is, yeah, I was going to say that's not uncommon that theme, people who win the lottery. Are, how yeah. they win the money, that seems to be the most common outcome is the fact that most of them end up with nothing in a very short period of time. Um, there are very few success stories. I mean, literally, very few. So I've got I've got some sentences, Go and, and I'm going to do them in order of escalation, right? So Dee Dee is a liar, and therefore her pants will be set on fire. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> but then I, I still want to come back to the banker who allowed the yep. power of eternity to be signed over with two signatures based on some shitty board meeting notes that only one person attended the very but, next and, day i don't even know that she had two signatures she oh might really one yeah, yeah wow really sure even worse okay yeah. so there's yeah. literally just her signature and the board meeting minutes that she was the only one that attended and that's right would it, would it why would you even <laughs> do that why wouldn't you put everyone on there if he's not going to check anything anyway so 100 he yeah. is going to get the punishment from the movie Seven for Greed. <laughs> but, Which you've now looked up, yeah. But the punishment <laughs> that the actor went through, not the punishment that the character that the actor played went through. So Gene Borkin played the victim in the greed scene. While stripped down to his underwear, he was hogtied and covered in two gallons of fake blood. This fake blood was so thick and sticky that his knees actually became stuck to the floor making it difficult for him to move. So that's what the banker's going to get. You know, it's not um, it's not something that is going to... It's just gross. It's gross. And, and, and I hope that um, helps him understand that he should never do this again because the next time you might actually get the character's sentence. Yeah. So we'll just start with that. Now, my sentence for DD, and, and I've, uh, this has been fascinating. I, there were probably times where I was a little bit quiet through this, but I've been Googleizing. The seven deadly sins, to which I've realised, and this is how ignorant I am, that there are seven uh, punishments for each of the seven sins. Mm. And so I'm going to give Dee Dee for her real crimes in this, not the liar ones where her pants are set on fire. I'm going to give her the, um, I guess it's the, is it the biblical sentence for the seven, for the sin of greed? Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's. Mm. I don't really know how it all works. I'm, sure. Please don't explain it to me. I'll only forget. But is to be boiled in a vat of expensive oil. And I think that we need to um, have in Trial by Wine World Seven Deadly Sins Land. And at some point, I would like the opportunity to take you through both the <laughs> so all of the seven deadly sins, maybe the biblical punishment for those sins and mm -hmm. the punishment in the movie Seven so that we've got better understanding. We probably should have done this when we came up with this show, but anyway. So then we've got an idea of what the, the traditional seven deadly sins are and what the punishments are. Okay. But, yeah, so, so we're going to send her so there she's, Well, she's boiling in a, in a vat of expensive oil. Okay. All right. Swanee, what about you? Okay. So I think I'm going to take a step back in time and I thought if I could go back where it all starts to go terribly wrong is the day after Abraham Shakespeare signs the company over to Dee Dee 
So when mm-hmm. she goes into the bank, if I could, and we're going to have to use a bit of creative license here because I, I don't actually know what, what it would take. But let's say that when she went back to the bank and said, oh, great news, here are the minutes from the meeting that we've had in the last 12 hours because I was only here Oh, yesterday. I've just remembered her. Sorry, I've just remembered how she justified it. She she justified the whole thing. Why did Abraham sign it all over? Because she put it in his head that his ex-girlfriend was going to come after him for all his money. Sorry. That, so there was yep. a reason right. that he had the fear. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Sorry. And I think, I think that whole why the bank manager went for it, not so much him, because you're right, the process is wrong. But I think it was all about, oh, I'm doing this to protect him so he won't come in and take all the money out because the girlfriend's asking for it or something like that. Sorry, yeah. go on. So it won't change my sentencing, so that's fine. So let's assume that uh, Didi has gone into the bank the next day with the paperwork, great news, we're going to have it all signed over, so I'm totally in charge. At that point, instead of the banker saying, yeah, not a problem, let me just sign that over for you. What I would like for him to have seen is the criminality and what she was trying to do and to be able to stop her then. I don't know how far he could take it in in the real world because I don't know just how bad it is. But let's assume it's really bad and it's, you know, white crime. What's it called? White collar crime? White collar crime, yeah. And it's sufficient enough that he's able to call the police on her there and then and that then they then start to do some background checks and all of the other things that have come to bear that, she was somehow managing to sort of, you know, slip under the carpet with Arcadia. Um, you know, the I know you're not going to get a jail for like a bounced loan, but things like that, all the things start to play into this narrative where we could hear it as listeners going, my God, she's a crook. And yeah. if at that point that narrative was to be able to be put in front of the right person who could make the right decision, so this woman's doing the right thing, she's a criminal, she needs to serve some time, if that could have been the case, then we could have kept her away from poor Abraham, Abraham who, I, to be frank, I think would have gone and, gone and made bad decisions anyway. I think that oh, he would have burned through that, that money one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, He yeah. was on that path anyway, but he just didn't he need didn't to, have die. to die. He didn't need yeah. the money, he didn't care for the money, he didn't really need any of that, but he didn't need to die. Yeah. Okay. So as long as I've got him safe and whatever else, I've, you know, I'm, then that's not my problem what he does with the money. That's neither here nor there. But I've kept her away from him and, look, I'd like for her to have had to go to jail to serve some time, a lot of time, but I, I, I don't think I'll get that. But that that's my, that's my <laughs> compared to Clarkie's where I had to take my headphones off because I was getting a bit You're sick. going to be sick. <laughs> I was like, I can't listen to this. I have nightmares. That's my sentence for DD. So she'll have to do time. But this by doing time there and then it stops her from killing him. I'm going to go sort of probably more towards your way, Swanee. But yeah. With a little bit bit harsher, yeah, because, you know, that's how I roll. So from a time perspective, I'm a bit like you in as much as I think that she got away with everything, all the red flags, well before she even knew Abraham existed. So unlikable. I just think I hate you a bitch. Burning the the place down, all that sort of stuff. Yes. Oh, yes, I could have factored that in as well. Let's say she got caught out on that as well. All that stuff with Arcadia and they went, oh, actually, no, 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 don't worry about it. He's 25,000, whatever it is. If that all had have come to bear that yeah. day in the bank, I think we could have saved ourselves a whole lot of trouble. Well, you see, they they started legal proceedings against her, but they weren't criminal proceedings. No. So that whole Arcadia Health thing, like from a police perspective, there was—I yeah. don't believe there was any record of it. Right. Uh, at any rate, I am going to use a bit of trial by wine license on this one, yeah. in as much as I'm okay. Look, they were a young couple, her and. Daryl, that wasn't his first name. James, RJ. James, Daryl. No, that's the son, oh, the sorry. husband. J-R-R-J, Her and James, yep. James, Darryl. James. 
Daryl, who were in the trailer back yeah. in the olden days. I think, you know, that's okay that they, for whatever reason, couldn't pay for that trailer and, yeah, you know, they had financial trouble. People people have that, yeah. So, so I'm all right with that. The trailer that's goes back to the yep. repossessors. That's fine. Yep. But then when, it, when she starts passing out, you know, forged checks mm-hmm. and then she starts ripping everyone else Reposing. off. Yep, yep. And she's got all this, you know, all these debts that she's built up and she can't pay off. At that point, I'm going to timey-winey her to a Dickensian debtor's prison. Ooh. What does that so look she, like? Well, it's not pleasant. <laughs> Imagine Oliver Twist. She's in this pauper's kind of prison where she gets a little bit of gruel every day to eat and she has to do hard labour to pay off her debts. Yeah, right. And her debts are pretty significant because she's got, you know, the Arcadia mess. She's She nicked $100,000 out of her business from two other of her people that she had a, she started a business with. She's just stealing from everyone. So yeah. she's got a significant amount of debt. And now let's imagine that she gets to the end of having paid that off in her hard labour, takes her 10 years, even though I'm going to – keep her there so she's never met Abraham and she's never stolen his money I'm still going to make her pay off that anyway but I'm not going to make her pay off at hard, in hard labor the two million dollars or the three million that she took let's make her hard labor pay off 31 million and she can just stay in that prison forever working 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 until she shuffles off her mortal, mortal coil Com- commit suicide by jumping into a vo- Boiling vat of oil? Works, yeah. A vat of boiling oil? I'm thinking more just works until she shuffles off her mortal coil, however she chooses to do that. Yes, I'm putting her in a Dickensian debtor's prison because she's a bad, bad lady. Yes. Nice. Good work. All right. Well, let it all be a lesson to us about what to do should we come into some good money in the future hey just keep stum is the answer and start mm. fnc what is it? fnc not loans uh, fnc loans yeah fnc yeah. loans who i don't know who we're lending yeah. to but fine how about fnc theater company I'm well we can that. do that as well yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right thank you very much guys and well done schmitty as we say every yep, week good job miss you already miss you already <laughs> bye. bye bye everyone bye bye Thanks for listening to Trial by Wine. You can contact us at trialbywine at gmail.com. Please rate, review and subscribe to Trial by Wine on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com, Trial by Wine. Or visit our website, www.trialbywine.com to donate to us. Your support will help us cover many more cases and apply wacky sentences. We really appreciate you listening and hope you tell everyone about us. Our cover art is by John Christo and music is by Beauchamp from pixabay.com.